1: You know, I don't want to call myself a hero or anything, but I will. Uh, this past weekend, I was taking the dogs out out the back. And as soon as I opened the door, I saw laying on the back patio right by the little, you know, furniture that we have out there, a big, huge snake. It was like one of those black snakes. I don't know. It was like a snake. And I don't know my snakes. All I know is that uh, as soon as I saw it, I said, oh, and then my wife said, what? And I said, a snake. And then there was screaming and yelling. And, um people just this you know chanting kill it so i went inside i got a i got a um what do you call it um oven mitt because i couldn't and you know it would it was right by the kitchen i have gloves i would have gotten my like manly leather gloves but i didn't have any so i got this sunflower oven mitt from the kitchen drawer and i went out there (laughs) and i'm you know when i'm trying to corner this snake i have like I have like a spatula in one hand and an oven. I look like I'm going to bake the thing. Actually, it's really, it's like I'm cooking the snake. Um, and I get, and I kind of get into the corner and it's hissing at me. And then I lunge in and I grab this snake and everyone starts screaming. My kids are watching. They think, I think, I don't know if they're scared or they think it's funny or whatever. Uh, but all of a sudden I become, like I become this action hero, Steve Irwin animal wrangler. And I grab this snake by the head. And uh, and I go, and I, and I look up at my family, I go, let's name her Hillary, right? Because I thought that was funny. I thought, let's name her Hillary. Uh, and then they they screamed and they said, kill it, kill it. And I said, well, then, you know, that, then that would be what Hillary would do. Um, so, so then I went, and I went over and I put it uh, in our neighbor's yard, and I watched it kind of slither away, and it was gone. So anyway, I felt, I got a big burst of adrenaline from it. And, uh, and I think I, I won some points. Um, so now, anyway, so if you see a black snake around my house, just yell, Hi, Hillary. What the, what's up? This is, by the way, this is Mark K. He saves the Republic. I should probably have started.
0: I should probably have started with that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust? Or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: And uh, man, we have so much to talk about today. There is a, um, there's a big election tomorrow. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you heard about this, but there's, I, I was on the air today with Larry Hanskin, who hosts the morning news in Dayton, Ohio on WHIO, and that's one of our Katriot Radio Network radio stations, and what happened was I was talking to Larry, and he goes, "Mark, I want to ask you about this election tomorrow. Do you feel that there's any kind of apathy toward the election, or do you feel that the enthusiasm is there and that people are going to go out and uh, and vote as as we've expected them to for the last few weeks?" It was a great question, and it's something that's a real danger. There's a danger at having your candidate be projected to win. That means that. If you, for example, wake up tomorrow and you haven't voted, and the good news is a lot of people have, uh, a lot of people have voted, a lot of conservatives have already voted. I think the conservative um, pre-voting or early voting is, is record-breaking in a lot of these contests. But if you wake up tomorrow and you haven't yet voted, and you have, I don't know, a stomach ache, or you feel tired, or you think you get you have COVID, uh, there's any you know you're not feeling up to snuff and you're like, you know, I'm just going to lay, I'm going to take the day off of work. I'm going to stay home. There's a danger that you're going to not vote because you believe that contestant, a contestant in your race for whatever it is, governor, senator, congressperson, is already won. The polls say they've won. Hands down, they've won. It's a runaway for the Republicans. The House will flip. The Senate's going to flip. Your governor's safe. There's a, there's a real danger that you're going to do that. Or... If you're at work and you're like, all right, I'm going to go vote after work. And then the kid, they, you know, they call you from school and say, your kid's sick, pick them up and you got to go get your kid, then take them home and make them soup. And then it's like six o'clock and the polls close in an hour and you're just like exhausted. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to make it out there today because, uh, but it's okay. My candidate's fine. That's a danger. And that's something we want to avoid against. The only way that these projections come true. I mean, the projections are there. True. The projections are that the Republicans will take over the house. The Republicans will take over the Senate. The projections are that the governor in in Florida will be a Republican. The uh, governor in um, you know in uh, in Arizona will be a Republican. The governor in New York right now could be a Republican. That's a that's a coup. That's a win. Lee Zeldin pulling ahead of of Kathy Hochul. That's fantastic news. But all these projections are just proje- projections, and they're based on record breaking estimates or estimates of voter turnout. And the danger with these polls is always, and we saw it on the flip side with Hillary Clinton in twenty sixteen. The reason Donald Trump won in Michigan, for example, was because Ronna McDaniel, who was in charge of the DNC in Michigan, realized that Hillary Clinton's poll numbers were inflated. She realized that the sentiment on the ground was not with Hillary. It was not people were not ready for Hillary in Michigan. And so she begged Donald Trump, come back to Michigan, come back to Michigan. He said, I've been there like three times. She goes, come back again. And sure enough, he was campaigning in Michigan when Hillary Clinton believed she'd already won it. Donald Trump was campaigning in Pennsylvania when Hillary Clinton ignored the state because she was seven points up. She thought, why am I wasting my time campaigning in a place like Pennsylvania when I know I'm going to win that state? And then in the end, we know what happened. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania all fell to the Republican Party. They all fell to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. You cried for like three days and then finally came out and and, um, conceded the election. And now she's back. Now she's back. Maybe, maybe just like that snake. I'm waiting for that snake to come back to my house because all Hillary's eventually eventually come back. Um, and so that's where we are today. So it is very imperative that you get out and vote. Now, if you do vote and you get all your friends to vote and we do see this red wave, what happens next is outstanding. It's not just, the, it's not just that the country gets back control uh, you know, or puts control of some very important branches of government in the house of, of actual you know, adults. It's not just that we have people with common sense, uh, American values, patriotic values, people who believe that there's only two genders, that abortion is murder. People believe that that believe we should have a strong border and a really, really strong military, especially with all of the threats we see all over the all over the world these days. Those people are going to get back control, not all, not total control, but a lot of control of the government. The House of Representatives, the Senate, the purse strings they are going to be able to start um, you know, subpoenaing people—they're going to have the power of the subpoena so that they can start investigating Joe Biden and the FBI. I mean, we talked about that 1,050-page FBI document and the, uh, the whistleblower report that Jim Jordan released on Friday. It's still sitting on my desk. I've only not read I haven't read the entire thing yet. But again, it's long. You know, I might take it. I might take it over Christmas time and do some light reading by the fire. Pour myself a glass of eggnog, spike it with a little rum or bourbon or whatever I feel like spiking it with and then i'll uh, i'll i'll you know cozy up by the fire with the dogs on my lap turn on some christmas carols and read through all 1050 pages of the fbi corruption report that jim jordan and the republicans just released that may happen uh, you know that may happen uh, while while my while my wife's watching her 900th hallmark movie i might be like you know i think i know how this movie's going to end i know it's gonna, the big city girl's going to go to the small town she's going to meet the lumberjack whose heart was broken. They're going to save the Christmas tree farm. They're going to fall in love. And then she's going to move to the end. The, you know, and Merry Christmas. And there's a snow globe that, you know, her grandmother left her or something. And there's always cocoa. And there's a scene where they bake cookies and they get flour on each other's faces. That's basically, that's basically the entire hallmark, which I mean, and I'm not knocking it. It's fantastic. But maybe after like 12 of those films, I'll be able to foresee what's happening. So I'll go and I'll read the, uh, I'll read the whistleblower report, but all that stuff is going to happen. And it's going to be, it's going to be, it's important. Number one, to save our, our Republic and it's what we need to happen, but it all starts tomorrow with the voting. So don't take anything for granted at all. Also don't believe the Democrats when they tell you anything, because this is a last ditch ever by them to save themselves. They know that in, and it's really interesting because with the, the way it works is, or the way it's been working is that the, the Democrats or the left, they have had to push themselves so far to the left to maintain the fringe element. It's really weird. It's really weird. They've been so petrified with fear by their own fringe groups that they went all the way. I mean, they went full socialist. That's what, you know, you never want to go full socialist. They did. And people that were moderates their whole lives, like, let's be honest, Joe Biden is not Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden never was Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden was considerably moderate. I mean, first of all, he's a racist. (laughs) You know, you don't get you don't get a lot of left leaning socialist Democrats who are racists. Well, unless of course you're counting the anti Semites in the squad, like AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. So, I mean that that's the new thing. In the old days, the Democrats were racist. They just didn't like black people, and they would vote against them. And they created the KKK and they had Jim Crow laws. Those were all the Democrats. Uh, the Republicans came along, freed the slaves, saved the Union, outlawed slavery, and you know we've been we've been kind of dealing with the backlash from the Democrat Party ever since. Uh, but it was the Democrats in Virginia, for example, the uh, you know the the former governor who dressed up in blackface for his medical exam. It was Joe Biden who ponied up and cottoned up to these uh, KKK. Um, you know, leaders and, and spoke at their how about what great men and individuals they were at their at their, you know, eulogies. I mean, all that stuff is from the Democrats. The new Democrat Party, though, because you're starting to see uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, you're starting to see these minorities get elected. They have their own kind of racism. It's not against African-Americans. It's against the Jewish people. And that's where the anti-Semitism comes in. They believe that Israel is a terrorist state, all that kind of thing. Um, So it's an interesting dichotomy, but Joe Biden was never that way. He he was a racist, but he was never a socialist. He was never crazy. He didn't care about the environment. He loved big oil. He thought that, you know, uh, energy independence was fantastic. He kind of respected the military. Uh, His son, remember, died in Iraq. Not really, but in Joe Biden's memory, his son fought and died in Iraq. Why wouldn't he respect the military? But as he as his party moved farther and farther left, Joe Biden made a choice And Nancy Pelosi made a choice. Chuck Schumer, they all made the choice. They chose power over people. They looked at these crazy people in the Senate or in the uh, Senate and the Congress and everywhere else. They looked at and it started with Bernie Sanders. They go, these people are nuts, man. They think that they, I mean, Joe Biden is a Catholic for crying out loud and he's pro abortion. It's power over people. Whereas you see these other folks on the other side, like for example, Tulsi Gabbard, and she chose people over power. She said, "These people that I work with, these people I associate with, are nuts. They're insane. I don't want anything to do with them." So she gave it all up. She said, "I'm no longer, I'm no longer a Democrat. Uh, this party's gone, gone, loco, and I'm leaving." Um, you know, a lot of other people in the Republican Party had did the same thing with Donald Trump. They looked around and they realized these other candidates, they don't, they're just Washington insiders. They're going to do the same thing that has been done to us by, by you know, by countless others. Democrats and Republicans beforehand. And they in mass, they left basically the old Republican party. Well, they didn't really leave it, but they transformed it. And they said, this is what we actually need to be. This is what we need to fight against. And what we're seeing in the election tomorrow is the culmination of that. It's the entire country looking at Joe Biden, looking at Nancy Pelosi, looking at Chuck Schumer, looking at the squad and saying, you guys are freaking nuts. You're crazy, you're dangerous, you're taking our country the wrong way, and we are going to do something about it. And the same people that put Donald Trump in office in 2016, the same 75 million people that voted for him again in 2020 and are still, to this day, questioning the outcome and the and the um validity of the election in 2020, and I believe rightly so, uh, all of those people are now saying, you know what, You well, this is not going to happen again. We are going to destroy you. We're going to take your power. And we are going to investigate you all 1050 of those pages um, document things that you guys have done to try and quell the other political party to try and hurt innocent Americans to abuse your power against this country. And now no more. We're done. Most Americans love the Constitution. Most Americans love the flag. Most Americans love their liberty and their freedom. Most Americans don't believe that covid lockdowns were a good thing. Most people uh, in America don't believe that the vaccine should be mandated. Most Americans don't believe abortion is something that should be used as a form of birth control. Most Americans support the police and the military and the border. And most Americans realize that the Democrats are whacked. And so tomorrow, the Democrats are going to get whacked. That's figurative. I don't want anyone calling call in saying Mark K threatened to kill Democrats. It's a whacking, a shellacking, if you will, at the polls. They're going to get whacked at the polls. Okay, is that better? I don't need to, I don't need to get swatted uh, in the middle of the night, I don't need the FBI showing up at my door saying we have a warrant for your arrest. Please hand over your cell phone because we believed you said you were going to whack some Democrats. I meant figuratively in the political sense, not realistically in the Paul Pelosi sense. Okay, I just want to make sure that that's clear. Anyway, tomorrow's going to be a really exciting day. We're going to be live on location in Gainesville. Uh, we're going to be covering the um, we're going to be covering the election there. And then tomorrow night, Cat Kamak, Representative Cat Kamak from Florida's third district, has invited us to MC her victory party. Now, I know what you're thinking. How can you call it a victory party? Trust me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of the most boring. You know, like a lot of people, they have to wait. They have to like, they're they there on pins and needles and they're waiting till the end of the night and they're waiting for the returns to come in. And finally, at like 10 o'clock, they can announce. That's not happening in Florida in a lot of places. It's pretty much, I mean, how John Rutherford, who is my representative, he wanted the primary because there were no Democrats running against him. So he's already he already he's not even having a party I don't imagine. Uh, Mike Walt same thing he's basically running unopposed. So here in Florida it works a little differently. We know the outcome of the election going into it. Um, But anyway that's what we're gonna be doing and you can live stream the whole thing. We're gonna be on all of our streaming sources. Uh, We're gonna be posting videos and Instagram. So make sure you're following us because tomorrow election day it's gonna be a huge. It's gonna that red wave is gonna come but only if you say hey no matter what you do tomorrow. Go to work, don't go to work. Go to school, don't go to school. Kid gets sick, kid stays healthy. You get into a car accident, have to call the I don't care what you have to do. You have to go out tomorrow. You have to vote. You have to get to the polls. Then you have to vote for conscientious, combative, conservative patriots so that we can, we, can, we can go to Washington, D.C. in January and start to finally save the republic.